welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. I got Matt Reiner today. Now, many of you have probably seen him on social. He's got a great social media presence, but he's also a very successful financial services professional. And we're trying to get more advisors on this show to talk about what they're doing from a marketing perspective that is helping them not just grow, but really thrive, especially with the markets going crazy like they have been, with inflation out of control, we've got an election coming up, all sorts of craziness, and a lot of advisors will pull back on their marketing. But uh, what I'm finding is the advisors who are killing it kind of double down on their marketing. So we're going to talk about marketing, we're going to talk about Matt's practice, and we're just going to have a chance to find out who he is and what makes him tick. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, Matt. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. All right, brother. Let's have everybody get to know you a little bit better. So so what is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, my story, and uh, I'm going to keep it brief because, you know, there's been a lot of journeys and a lot of tribula- trials and tribulations that I've gone through, but it, I've learned along the way that um, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate to be where I am. I was I was born into a family that gave me a ton of opportunity. My dad started a wealth management firm 25 years ago called Capital Investment Advisors here in Atlanta, Georgia. We now are are fortunate to be able to employ 75 plus people. We manage over $4 billion across five different locations in the country. And um, I was able to watch him build it from the ground up. And I, you know, I always spent my time in his office filing things away. That was when we used actual filing cabinets and reviewing investments. And I saw you know, what he did. And I was fortunate to have a job when I came out of college to go work with him. And so I started out as an advisor. He gave me free reign. It's a family-run business. We work, I work with my brother. My dad's still involved, but just as an advisor, we have another business partner. And so I started in that business. And I always tell people when I was growing up, my cartoons was CNBC because that's what was on the TV, right? That's what I knew. I only knew two professions I was going. It was either going to become a professional baseball player or becoming a wealth manager. And uh, my professional baseball dreams got squashed pretty early on because I didn't really wasn't that tall. And I was sitting on the bench playing high school baseball. So I knew that it wasn't going to go much further and that I only had one route. So I progressed through my career, was fortunate to, to serve many families and help them find happiness in retirement. Um, and then, you know, back in 2013, 2014, we started a technology initiative that allowed for us to build some technology and learn to help support our other RAs. So we have three different RAs across the spectrum. We have one that serves the Henry, we have one that serves the millionaire next door and one that serves the ultra high net worth. And they all have specific niches and purposes. And we started a technology company that was focused on our you know henry division learned a ton wasn't able to get the traction that we wanted but it evolved into what we now know as a technology company called benjamin which is where i spend the majority of my time and benjamin is a technology solution that serves the wealth management industry we are a business automation uh software system mainly the the layman's terms is we're a, we're an automation technology system right we are automating tech tasks menial mundane tasks for advisors 
given our industry expertise, we're building that into our technology. And it's a solution that's a ton of fun to build. We get to talk with a lot of advisors, help them build workflows, processes, and then create efficiency and standardization across their process that they never knew was possible and create elevation of opportunity for others that are humans that need to do human tasks not tasks that can be technologically advanced and uh, automated these days. So that's my journey. And I, I, I spend a ton of time, you know, educating and, and, and marketing knowledge that I've learned across this journey with others, because I think that that we need to build community and there's enough opportunity for all advisors out there that we should all be helping each other, not holding everything close to the chest, but also helping each other be better so that we can serve more families because our firm and me personally can only serve a certain number of people. But if I can help build a community of people that are all learning from each other, then we can maybe make an, an even greater impact than we could do on our own. People, Matt, want to rely on technology very heavily for their marketing. Uh, but that's one of the human things that we believe here at Proudmouth are so important for you to infuse your personality into your marketing. Let's talk about what you guys do. On, on the grand scheme of things, brother, and you know this, you've made it, right? I mean, you're already killing it. Your guys are doing a great job. You've branched out. I mean, you've really, really grown. You employ a whole bunch of people. You've got more assets than most people under management. Why are you marketing? What is what is the motivation for you to do that? <laughs> it's, it's in our blood, and I think it's the necessity to keep us living right it is our oxygen that keeps our firm growing right if you're you all know the sayings if you ain't growing you're, you're dying if you're, if you're not trying to continue investing i think that for us marketing is the ability for us to show who we are and i think that doing personal marketing see all of our advisors do marketing i do a lot of my own marketing about who i am and i've and i've owned who i am i accepted that i i like to be really like deep in thought and thinking through things and, and looking internally but the reason that that's so important is because people don't buy brands. They buy people. And you think about Apple and, and Google, and you're like, well, Matt, they're buying Apple the brand. But you have to remember how Apple the brand became. It was Steve Jobs. It was the people behind it that they bought first, and then they become huge, and then they have a brand. Too many firms, I think, lead with their brand name, and they wonder why they're not getting traction. It's because nobody knows who you are as a person. People relate to people. And this is a relationship business where you have to show who you are and you're not going to attract everybody. But the people that you do attract are going to be the right people because they're buying in for the right reasons because they believe in you, who you are. And I think that marketing, especially with the innovations that are happening these days, allow for you to do that at a mass scale more so than ever. How did you choose? So there's a lot there, right? You've already from a emotional and growth, personal growth and development and a, and a business growth and uh, development uh, philosophy, allowing yourself to be yourself, Matt, you know, this uh, is not normal. Uh, everybody wants to be somebody else, it seems. And then the people who are themselves, they're like, man, I'm killing it. Why don't you guys just want to be yourselves? How did that happen? How did you have the epiphany that, when I am Matt and I am my true self, I have zero competition because there isn't another me. Talk about how that epiphany happened, if you don't mind. Gosh, I mean, that's, um, that's, a, whole, that's a whole book there. I mean, it's a whole life journey. And I think that it, it, it stemmed from me finally. It's, it's somewhat maturity. It's somewhat of you know, having a, you know, 
having a family and having kids and, and some of that, that's changed me. But this has been a 10 year journey for me to find, uh, and, and I'm still not there, right? I still have a business coach. I still have a therapist that I see. I still have a lot of this stuff that's invested in me, but I took this initiative that I wanted to invest in me. And that allowed me to go on this journey that I have now learned that I am competent. I am I am able to provide wisdom and knowledge to help people. And I do believe in myself and I'm accepted by myself. But that journey didn't start by just me being like, oh, it, it was a, a constant introvert looking in myself to say, what is it? And believe that people will accept me for who I am and not worried about the world that is. But there's a lot of things that I learned along the way of like turning off noise. Like I am prominent on on social media but i don't spend time being on it a lot right because i do it to, to go and learn and to take uh, and to share knowledge and to share wisdom and to connect and to network but i'm not there all the time and so it was a um, it was a decision that i made that i wanted to be perfect but i knew that perfectionism wasn't possible but i wanted to go on that journey and along that journey i've learned a a ton about me about how I handle relationships and also about my past. And I think that too many of us are not willing to be vulnerable even with ourselves to go down that journey. But if you do, you're going to find something really unique that's going to attract a tribe that is worthy of, of, of being part of. That, that's our whole goal here at Proudmouth is to help advisors create a tribe, build not skeptics, but a group of fans that come to you and are ready to buy. So let's break down some of the marketing things that you do. What are you doing right now that you're seeing has the greatest impact on your Yeah, firm? so I think that it uh, for for our firm, we, you know, we grew up in the business of radio. That's how we grew our business early on. And um, we still do have a big radio presence. And it's been, you know, as much as there's studies and media attention around that's radio's dead it, it really isn't it's still a really effective source and again the reason is is because you're able to talk to your clients and prospective clients on a weekly basis and provide them value to where they get to know you and you also it's a great tool for handling clients because you're able to tell them what you're feeling without them, them all calling you and emailing you so you can do it at a mass scale. And so as technology has evolved, podcasting has become a huge opportunity for us because, again, it allows for a little bit more personalization. It allows for you to touch your clients in a lot more uh, effective and efficient way, allows you to share your message. LinkedIn is a huge network for us, right? To just continue to express yourself. And and we I'm using LinkedIn more as saying, you know, more of that kind of deep stuff of what I'm learning from a leadership standpoint, because that's who I am. I want leaders to kind of be attracted to me. I want other, you know, professionals to be attracted to me. So I use that tool. Twitter, I use as a sharing tool of building and being part of the conversation, right? Of sharing knowledge and insight and information that I'm gaining through time. But I would also say something that we've done a lot that our team has adopted is, is and this is came from the pandemic, is Zoominars. And, and I think that this is something that is, it's omni-channel marketing, right? We can go do a Zoominar to our clients and have 50 or 60 of our book of business, each individual advisor, their own book, and go and share for an hour. You take an hour to prepare, you put a deck in, but I always personalize it. I'm sharing pictures of my kids. I'm sharing pictures of stories of my family, what we're going through. But then I can take that content. I send it out to my entire book of business. And now they're all touching into that. They know what our, we're feeling. It's limiting call volume. It's limiting email volume. It's limiting meeting volume, allowing me to scale myself. But also it allowed to, us to be ahead of all the other news headlines 
to share the narrative that we want to be shared to our clients. And that's something that's important. And then they share it to their friends. And it's something that is objective. It's, it's relatable. And it's also, it, it's digestible. Digestible, portable, intimate. I mean, you're hitting on all cylinders there. And it's interesting to me, I was at a, I've been to a bunch of conferences this year in the advisors who are like running out of the hall to take phone calls when the market dips 7% or something. Right. And then I go to them and I say, you know, how often are you getting phone calls from your clients? And they'll say, oh man, I'm swamped right now. You know, the market's, you know, really volatile and interest rates are insane and inflation and all of this stuff. I'm like, well, what do you do to market? Their answer is they don't do anything. So, so they're having to field all of these phone calls instead of scaling their communication, which is one of the reasons I wanted you on the show. I wanted you on the one because I think your show is awesome. Uh, and by the way, full disclosure, you do not use us for your podcast. So this isn't like a shameless promotion for, for Proudmouth. You have your own system and all of that stuff. I just think your show is great. The format is wonderful. You've got a great social media presence. I believe you're firing on all cylinders. And I want our, our listeners to understand that this is by design and it really reduces the taxation that it that puts on you as the advisor. Is there anything else that you can share about that? You, you touch on something really, something so powerful that people have to remember. Everybody buys into marketing when they, when they feel the time is right. But the thing about marketing is that it's about consistency. And you, you talk about this a lot. It's a, it's a consistency. You have to constantly be there in the good and the bad. And, and the time that you're going to make the impact is not, you know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, the market's on fire, you know, all these worries. So I'm going to go and, and share my message on marketing. It's too late. It's you've missed the boat. It's way too late. Like you build, you build your, you build your ability to handle bad times when things are great. When you invest in that time and you continue to prepare and not just buy into, oh, things are good. Everything's great. Hey, things are good. This is why. Here's what you need to be concerned about. Here's what could be coming. Here's what we need to do. Remember those other times when you're, you don't have to be a negative Nancy. You don't have to be one of these like waving this flag that the world's going to come apart, but just share a message and make that consistent in good and bad times. And over time, I mean, we've been at this now, this, this on our, at our firm for 20 plus years, you know, me personally, I've been doing it for, you know, five, six years and it's, it, it, it takes a lot of time. And the ROI early on is nil, is nil. And too many people are like, well, I just spent $100,000 on a podcasting system and I got you know five listeners. Well, that's five more than you had yesterday. And if you continue it, it will continue to build. And I think that that's the challenge that people face when it comes uh, to marketing and having it see the impact. Financial planners consistently talk to their clients about you have to take the long view on what's going on. And one of my favorite things that that you all say is we planned for this, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that in two different directions. Number one, your clients want to hear that you're okay, and I can't stress this enough. So when I worked with Ron Carson many many years ago, when his company was called Peak, that was the coaching company. I worked there in in, in 06, 07, and 08, which if you remember was kind of crazy, right? And I remember one of the things that Ron used to say on our conference calls is your clients just want to hear your voice. They want to know that you're okay because by proxy, then they know that you're being, they're being taken care of, which I thought was brilliant, right? This is why radio, video, social media, podcast, whatever you're doing gives your, your clients a chance to hear that you're okay. 
in your thoughts through the good times and the bad. One of my favorite things about your shows, you do a lot of interviews, right? And so not only are you interviewing people, but you're also interjecting. And I like hearing you when you do this on your show. The show is not necessarily about money, but there's still that component, right? How did you find that balance? Because I think a lot of people think that they have to get on and they're doing a solo cast, you know, 30 minutes of them just talking about inflation. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to die because they're not going to want to listen to that. How have you been able to balance the entertainment value of your show while still bringing education and um, and, and real engagement? I'm a dumb Southerner boy right here. I mean, that, I don't know enough to be able to talk on a podcast to have 100 episodes or so, right? I don't, I, there's not enough knowledge in this brain of mine to figure that out. And I, you know, to your point is that everybody's like, gosh, it takes so much time to prepare all that content. And I'll tell you right now, the radio show that, that, our, that my business partner does, and I used to do a radio show many years ago, and the preparation for that, is extensive. It takes all week because it's just you for two hours talking. That's a lot. And I, I don't put that on anybody. But the beauty of where we are now with social networks and the connection of, of, of communities that we have is that you can create a podcast and you don't have to put in weeks worth of, of, of hours of creating content. You just bring on smart people. You ask questions and let them just talk and create value and you've created this platform it's good for them it's good for your clients and it gets you it, you don't have to be the one talking all the time to be bringing value you can be the one that brings the community together to hear the value and then you look valuable and i think that that's what people are missing and, and everybody's like well i don't even know where to start with my cois and or who to bring on well start with your cois they're, you, you, you trust them with your clients. Why would you not trust them to talk to a prospect, to a prospective community? Like, just bring them on and start having conversations. You go out to coffee, you go to lunch, you go to dinner with them. Just have a, have a coffee talk on a, on a podcast and record and share it. You know, we, uh, I, I just got back from the Riskalyze conference and uh, part of my presentation was, was talking about, somebody had said to me, it was the whole idea, you know, what am I going to say for 27 minutes? And I was like, well, here's the deal. Don't ever. Uh, and the number two it should always be a conversation. We believe that an interview is the best way to go. And, and they said, well, how do I get my COIs on my show? And I was like, you just ask them, man. First off, podcasting is still super cool, right? Secondly, there, there are layers of this. And I know you know this already. So, well, maybe you'll agree or not. So we'll test this. One of the great things about bringing on like an estate planning attorney or a CPA is if they come on your show, that's basically an endorsement of them thinking you're a really great financial advisor because why would they be on your show? What what do you, what do you think about that? I I agree, and it creates credit. And and here's the thing, uh, to that point, it makes you it gives you credibility. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. I don't care who you are, how humble you are. Every, it's psychologically, everybody loves to talk about themselves. So just giving someone the invite to come talk about themselves is like, oh heck yeah, I'm in. And everybody thinks. That podcast, if I'm on a podcast, like there are superstars. Like I've had some, when I was first starting out, I had like my list, my only listener was my mom. Everybody was like, yeah, man, I'll come on. I love it. You're, I'm on. And then they would share it with their network. Again, credibility, referrals, opportunities, all that. They share with their network. I was on this podcast and they didn't know that my mom was the only listener. 
they had no idea, but they love to talk about themselves. And then they could use it as marketing on their website, which again is marketing for you. It's this whole like incestuous circle. That's, that's a great circle to build your business. I say to people all the time, you know, we built Proudmouth entirely on our podcast and they're like, how is that possible? It, in math exactly with what you just said, right? We would interview other very influential people in financial services, and then they would share the podcast, and then they'd start listening to our podcast. And all of a sudden, you know, we started growing those concentric circles of influence, uh, you know, to really help grow the show. Now, if you were going to give anybody podcast advice, because I mean, you're a seasoned pro at this now, what sort of advice would you give other advisors who are looking at starting their show? Um, I think that first it would be it's first to just make it a conversation, right? Don't don't overthink the interview. Just you you're able to have conversations, or you wouldn't be an advisor, right? You have conversations with with random people that step into your office that you've never met before constantly. Use that skill on podcasting, and listen, listen, right? You don't have to have all the questions ready because your your guest is going to drive the conversation based on what they say. And if you listen, you'll be able to have a great conversation because you can pull questions out of what they say, which is so much more interesting than just going through a list of 10 questions, which I did early on and it was just terrible. The third thing is, is there's no need to invest in gobs amount of lights and cameras and all that type of stuff. You have everything at your disposal and you could do it on a short budget just to get started. Don't try to perfect it. Just get started and do it and get it out there. And your first ones, like go listen to my first few podcasts. I've also done multiple different podcasts outside of Bridging the Gap and they were terrible. They were terrible. They were terrible. But I did it and I learned a lot about how to have a conversation and how to make someone comfortable. And and I just say, just go and do and learn and and, and figure it out. And it's okay to say something silly on a podcast because you can't. Yeah, post-production is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so I was, uh, an advisor came up to me recently at a conference and he's like, oh, you would love my setup. I spent $15,000 on my podcast setup. And I was like, okay, dude, just to be clear, mine is 1500 and I'm perfect. This is what I do for a living. And he's like, how did you do that? I'm like, first off, I didn't buy all of the things. Like he has four microphones, a Rodecaster Pro. He's got all of these lights. He's got soundproofing on his walls. I mean, he has a space that's only dedicated to that. And I'm like, man, you just wasted so much money. You know, and Matt, so you're the second person today that I've interviewed who is an advisor who has a podcast. Um, and what, what something that I think is very interesting is, you know, you started out and you sucked because both of you started and you were doing it on your own. Like you were like, yep, podcasting is a thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to get behind a microphone. I'm going to start doing it. Um, we help you not suck at the beginning, right? So one of the nice things about the reason why we built what we built was we knew how many advisors wanted to start a podcast, but had no idea where to start. And they didn't want to suck as bad at the beginning shows. Matt, you go back and listen to our original, the, the, the original Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Kirk and I were rough, dude. We made so many mistakes. But if you want to accelerate that, right? The other thing that uh, the other person said that you said is it takes years for you to really gain influence and great listeners. If you really want to shorten that time, you know, that's really why you do the who, not how you find somebody to help you accelerate that. So with the acceleration, because you have been very successful. You're, again, your podcast gets a lot of downloads. You have a lot of engagement. Your social media is great. 
any other tips and tricks that you can give our listeners to help them accelerate their influence just a little bit more and a little bit faster so that they might not make the same mistakes that you made? Yeah, and I, I don't mean to, you know, just gloat on what you, you're doing and what your team is doing, but I, if I could go back in time and do it again, I would bring someone like you on. And I don't necessarily would I don't know if I necessarily would need you forever, but I would bring you on to learn and to and to get the foundation set because we spent a ton of money and a ton of time just figuring things out that we could have used that time to, con I, I, I say I've been doing it for six years. It could have been, I could have been doing it for eight years and doing it effectively in my network and my impact could be even greater. Right. And so I think that now the opportunity of having like the proud mouths of the world and all these other, t the solutions that are out there to help with it. I mean, come on, that is a good use of money to get yourself going. And, and the other thing I would say is I just think that don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. I think that that's something I, I stopped for periods of time because I was like, gosh, I can't find all the guests. I, I'm not getting any traction. Is it worth it? And you know what? That was a mistake. I should have just kept on going and grinding through it. And, and, and also just find something that you're passionate about talking about and don't care whether people, if you think people are going to do it to going back to our original point at the beginning about vulnerability and knowing who you are, know who you are. Go talk about it. You're going to find a tribe. Don't worry if like the industry is going to accept you. Is anybody going to accept you here? Like, just go and talk about something that you like to talk about and people will follow you. All right, man. Well, my favorite question to ask on all of my shows is what should I have asked you that I didn't? Uh, what should you have asked me? If I wasn't a wealth manager, what would I be? You didn't ask me that. Oh, I haven't had anybody that. bring that right. up. All right, Matt, hit me. I don't know. Do I'd probably got, be homeless, but got? no, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything else. I, to be honest, if I wasn't a wealth manager, I would be in sports somehow. I would either be, you know, I would love to be designing golf courses or uh, I always wanted to be a, a sports broadcaster. I love being in front of a camera. I love being behind the mic. Uh, Stuart Scott, you know, may rest in peace, was was a guy I looked up to watching Sports Center 15 times. That was before you could rewind to see what you watch. You just have to watch the whole episode again to see the highlight again. I'd probably be something in sports broadcasting or uh, or designing some golf courses of some sort. Loving being behind the microphone, you know, I I never thought uh, after my. Uh, high school advisor told me I'd never get a job in radio that I'd, I'd actually be doing this. Uh, and you've really used that to your advantage, right? Because you have an amazing personality. You have a great voice, right? And the fact that you do the things that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And the number one thing that you said, which I really hope people really tuned into was when you have guests don't come with a formatted set of questions. You need to listen to what they say because advisors are generally great at conversation. Those are the best podcasts. If you look at the ones that are like number one and number two in the world of podcasts, they're conversations. They're not here is my second question sort of thing. It's just this kind of riffing back and forth. It's almost like jazz. And that's what makes a great podcast. All right. Well, I'm assuming that people are going to want to find out a little bit more about who you are. Uh, how should people reach out to you or what would you like them to do? Yeah. Head on over to mattreiner.com. All my social handles are there and sign up for our newsletter. We send it out weekly, lots of great content, podcasts, et cetera, but go over to mattreiner, R-E-I-N-E-R.com and sign up for the newsletter. You won't be disappointed. And listen, everybody, you know, 5,000 episodes is what we've done for financial services professionals. We are the most experienced 
podcasting company in financial services. We only work in financial services. And so if you want to have somebody who's going to help ex expedite your journey to influence, we would love to help you. And you don't actually have to pay us a dime to do it because you can join the Pod Rocket Academy for free. Take Podcasting 101. I teach you everything that you need to know, anything that you need to know about how to start your own podcast from spending zero money to a couple of thousand dollars on some pretty great equipment. So please check out PodRocketAcademy.com. So for Matt and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.